Hi y'all, John Alcorn, that one dude 2020, really the CEO and founder of the God Over Money Sports Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. knows his stuff uh you know he's not afraid to go at people and no player should have that much control over an organization well that's my check this is not the los angeles lebron how did you get blocked by lebron james on twitter talking about you know wanting to inspire and, and like i'm inspired right now i want to run through a brick wall for you right now i cutthroat it's very you know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. God put me in a position. It's always a good time when I get to get on that dude 2020's show. What is up, folks? Finally, after a month of feeling like diarrhea, we are back here with another episode here. That one, dude, 2020 on the God Over Money Sports Network. But, uh, Dean, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. I'm glad that you're uh, you're feeling better. That's good. Believe me, I don't know about you, Dean, but just sitting there not being able to do anything drives me crazy. Not being able to record content yeah. or do anything definitely is a pain in the butt here, of course, uh, Dave, this is the, the network here. So uh, what we kind of do is like a little prayer break and all that. So let's just uh, get that going. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity for Dean taking time out of his day. And this, it's about relationships. It's about friendship. It's not about anything else. So Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Let's get this uh, started here, folks. We have a call a Bible verse here, like Psalms. 3124. I don't know any post background, but that's what we're going to do. And folks, I apologize for the streaming issues. It's not streaming to my Facebook page or the network page. So hopefully that can get settled away here. But I think this is the thing that I uh, really need to be uh, do is be strong. Let your heart take courage, all who wait on the Lord. I'm very impatient here. I've worked in this for about two years now, and it's, 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 it's not a problem. But 
I almost quit and I've done it. I need to work on my patience. I know that without a doubt, because I mean, it's when you're in this industry, when you're patient, they promise you having the right intentions, it will work out. But this uh, story here, I think is really interesting though. Like a lot of times, I think we look at situations here, folks that's watching or Dean, that situation that, that looks impossible. And I think that's really the beauty thing that I just learned about faith and how I've, how I almost quit the industry is that it doesn't matter what it looks like. But this, you folks, this David and Goliath story shows that this guy was the toughest guy on the block, just like we've seen like in movies or in school. You have that one guy that nobody likes. He's a bully. People are afraid to stand up to him. Like that's really the beauty part about what David did. He stand up to somebody that other people are afraid of. And I say that to go back to this industry here, folks, everybody that's watching, hopefully you can get this streaming set up, is that it doesn't matter what the obstacle is. If people tell you no, keep going, keep going. I promise you it is worth it. But, folks, let's get to the NFL topics here. We, we we've seen in TV shows where relationships run its course. It is time to move on. We had some good moments here. And I feel like that's what it is with the Eagles and Zach Ertz. In your opinion, though, with the organization, do you think that, like, do you think the Philadelphia Eagles plan to trade Zach Ertz, or do you think it's just more like off-season drama? Yeah, it does kind of, you know, on the outside looking in, it does kind of seem like that relationship has run its course. Obviously, Zach Ertz has been uh, a, an unbelievable player for the Eagles. Won Super Bowl, um, has been really successful. Uh, but again, like you said, sometimes the relationship runs its course and um, we'll see. I mean, there's been a lot of off-season drama this 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 year with a lot of different players. And um, again, it, there's a lot of different factors that go into it. Salary cap, you know, having a potential trade suitor. Um, we'll see what happens. And this is the word thing I think with the Eagles is that he wasn't supposed to be one of their number one weapons. If you go back to the 2017 offseason, they traded for us on Jeffrey from Chicago. Supposed to be that number one guy. And look what happened here. I mean, my gosh, if you look at it, Austin Jeffrey is supposed to be the number one receiving weapon. Only 2,200 yards, five TDs average in four seasons. They For the last two years, Dean, They've been trying to, from what I heard in stories, trying to shop Alston Jeffrey. So Zach Ertz coming to the weapon. It's it, it sucks. I think the Eagles like are in a really tough situation here because you're trying to rebuild, but not rebuild. You're trying to tell Jalen Hurts yeah. in the media that hey, they are convinced of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is your guy. That you're shopping your number one, your number one receiving weapon. But at the same time, he's 31, 32 years old. Not all tight like tight ends, receiving weapons as they get older. Do you know there's only a short lifespan? So I, it's really unfortunate here, but I don't blame him. I mean, this guy has been way beyond what he was supposed to do. He wasn't supposed to be the number one guy, you know, the uh, the notion of tight ends, but it's definitely unfortunate here. But Dean, this is my more unpopular take here. And uh, you can walk off the set, it's at any time, it's no problem. Um, I'm a huge fan of Larry Fitzgerald, and I talk about how as much Jerry Rice has had a phenomenal career. All I'm saying is, is there a chance? Maybe this maybe anybody can like 
cancel me or anything. But like I told people before when he was on the show, it doesn't matter. I am not responsible for your physical or mental health. So if you have a hospital visit, you can go pay that. Have your mother pay that. I don't care. But my thing is that I see maybe, just maybe, Jerry Rice could be, again, this he's obviously deserves a phenomenal career, but maybe a little bit overrated in terms of he's had the luxury of playing with all these different quarterbacks. You've been in the league for a long time. If you look at these guys, John Skelton. Do we have any idea who that is? No. It's Pierre, all these guys. And so for me, just an opinion is that if we switch the careers of Jerry Rice and Fritz Gerald, do, in my opinion, and I'm not sure if Jerry Rice has the same on the field impact numbers wise, because you look at 17 different quarterbacks, like in any job, if you have that many managers, are you going to have a recipe for success? But, uh, Feel free to walk off the seat. Well, uh, no, I, I think I think what you're, I think to me what you're saying, it's less about the greatness or of Jerry Rice and more about what Larry Fitzgerald has done, right? And and the career that he's had. When you think about the quarterbacks that he's played with, really the only one, and it was a short time, the one that jumps out to me as being that kind of all pro hall of fame caliber was Kurt Warner. Um, didn't play very long with Arizona, obviously took them to a Super Bowl. Whereas Jerry Rice obviously played with Joe Montana and Steve Young. Um, but to say that someone that is, that is normally in the conversation for greatest player of all time is overrated. That's a, that's a hot take. I can't say I agree with it. Um, I remember watching Jerry Rice as a kid and, you know, just crushing the, my, my giants and, and uh, you know, whether it was Montana to rise or young to rise, but um, you're entitled to your opinion. I won't walk off the set. That's okay. It's just one of those things. Like if you look for me, half of this list, these guys didn't even make a pro bowl. And like, for me, it's like Jerry Rice, even like it, there's no doubt he's one of the best of all time. I'm not saying the opposite of that. I'm not here to be all, all crazy. It's just that when you, like most of his quarterbacks he's played with were all pro, pro bowl, two of them won multiple Super Bowls. So that doesn't mean he isn't great. I'm just saying that he's had the luxury of playing with all these elite type of quarterbacks when you look at Well, you need the, the flip side of that is did Jerry Rice make them that much better, right? Having a receiver okay. like Jerry Rice um, mm -hmm. makes them that much better, right? Well, fair enough. I actually didn't. It's, it, that is my hottest take, so we'll, we'll leave it at that, <laughs> folks. But I'm not going to make sure that nobody gets it physical trouble or they're traumatized by that. But that is the hottest take there. But kind of I want to talk about his career because I'm not really sure. I know he's a free agent. I'm not sure if he's going to sign with the team or not because he's not with the Cardinals. But I don't think people put enough – at least maybe because I'm not in the league. I don't see it or do the, the stories like – I feel like the like people don't put the amount of love or respect on Fitzgerald. I get he doesn't have a ring, but he he's averaged over a thousand yards, seven touchdowns a year. Remember, Anquan Bolden was another receiving weapon on the roster. So that's why I had that conversation. Maybe the take that a lot of people disagree. That's okay. Is that you have drafted Anquan Bolden a year later, who put up a ton of great numbers, and you have Fitzgerald, that you guy I believe drafted up. Pittsburgh, I can't remember, who's also on the roster. And then you had Josh McCown. 
Josh McCown, we very know, is a guy that's been around in the league for a long time. So that's why I think this kind of the having the respect or maybe, I don't know, maybe, do you think that he is should be in the higher conversations of Jerry Rice or is it more of, hey, maybe he maybe needs to get that ring back? You know, I don't think at least in in the circles that the people that I talk to, you know, they they understand the greatness of Larry Fitzgerald, the just the consistency. And when you think about, yeah, maybe, you know, the Cardinals um, that that hasn't been the, the, the glamorous. It's not like he plays for the Cowboys or the 49ers or one of these really the Raiders that have that national following. And maybe it had something to do with being in Arizona, you know, all those years. And for a lot of those years, they weren't um, competitive. But, you know, for a guy, you can't argue that he is he has put up, you know, unbelievable numbers. And maybe maybe it's we don't talk about him as much as because he's so consistent and he's not a guy that is going to be in the news. He's not a guy that's going to hold out necessarily. He's not a guy that is going to make waves. Um, he's just such, you know, and, and I've met him. He's such a, just a good person, you know, apart from the football field. And you just, you know, he's not like a guy that, that like an Antonio Brown, that is an unbelievable talent, but, you know, sometimes we're reading about him for the wrong reasons. And, and Larry Fitzgerald is just, I think, I think he'll, he'll be a hall of famer. I think he'll be, um, you know, right away um, when he's eligible, and I think we'll we'll, we'll certainly celebrate his greatness. You know, at that you know the you know going forward. No question, no debate. And that's where I think being like you said, like doesn't get in trouble. You don't hear about the media. That goes underappreciated because a lot of times, a lot of receivers nowadays, rather whether you think about Odell or or To or any of the other guys, doesn't get in trouble. I mean, this is I know loyalty nowadays is a lot of times in the NBA or NFL folks is that. Oh, let's go chase the ring. It's good to chase the ring, but a guy like Lambert Sterling, we're we're not gonna see again. I'm not saying that he's better than Jerry Rice. So, folks, calm down. All I'm saying is that at least have a conversation more of respect. A lot of Arizona players don't get the respect, especially that I've talked about for the past year in Chandler Jones. But more NFL talk here, folks. We're very familiar with NFL or ex NFL receiver Calvin Johnson. We know he retired because of injuries. There's a story that came out, though. He said that he wanted to finish his career somewhere else because it's Detroit. But the Lions blocked it. They wouldn't let him go. So what's your initial thoughts on that story? And kind of what does that really show the Lions' true colors? Yeah, and obviously we don't know all the details. Calvin Johnson is another, right, he's – an unbelievable receiver, one of the greatest of all time, and and retired at a relatively young age. And it feels like the Lions, you know, that that's you think about Barry Sanders now, Calvin Johnson. Is it, you know, the Lions haven't won, right? And 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 you know, I know most players like that's your motivation. You know, do you have a chance to win a championship? And and obviously, Calvin, you know, from reading that story, he wanted to go somewhere else to, to chase that Super Bowl ring. Um, you know, if the Lions flat out said they weren't going to trade him. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows what happened? Um, it's it's a tough spot because for, for the Lions, that's the face of your organization. You drafted that player. You, you know, you need to get, you know, if you're going to trade him, you need to get a, a, a return for, for that type of player. And maybe there just wasn't, maybe they, they shopped him and just didn't get anything that, that was, they felt was fair value. 
Um, and they're like, look, you're going to play for the Lions or or you're going to retire. And ultimately, that's what happened. I mean, if you're a lot of players, I mean, who would want to go to Detroit? It's the same guy. You had a legendary running back in Barry Sanders and how he retired. Calvin Johnson traded Matthew Stafford, even though you never put the pieces around him. He had multiple back injuries, injuries time and time again. So it's definitely frustrating because, man, nine years, almost 12 I believe almost 12,000 yards, folks. People don't understand how great that is. I think he was so close in 2013 to having 2,000 receiving yards. That is something. It's incredible. It's insane. Something remarkable and something awesome. But again, folks, here we're uh, that would do 2022 your career special. I apologize, folks, for it's not on Facebook, my personal Facebook page and or the network Facebook page. So that is on me. But folks, you're the, the we have the NFL top players, but Dean, if you had to pick some of your top players for 2021, top five, regardless of position, who would you have to put in that in that category? Well, I think, you know, the, the people that jump out at me, it's hard. I'm going to put, I'm going to put Tom Brady in a separate category. We're going to take Tom and we're going to put him in a little glass case. And we're just going to, because the guy is unbelievable. And I think he just, let's just leave him out for now. Um, you know, I think you talk about Patrick Mahomes, um, Derek Henry, um, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, and if if I'm going to pick a receiver, if I'm going to throw a receiver in there, or you know what, forget a receiver. I'm going to go with Aaron Donald on the defensive side, a guy that's just, you know, dominates and, and is could win defensive player of the year every year. Um, so those, those would be my five. I'm sure I'm leaving people out, but those are the five that come to mind. Definitely, because uh, Mahomes puts a lot of trauma on my Denver Broncos. Because apparently, John Elway and others uh, are having a hard time understanding what is a talented quarterback. It's not six five, two sixty here, or Pax Lynch, but top five though. Man, that's Aaron Donald though. Man, I've never. It may be because uh, I didn't watch football back in the day. For me, he's the closest thing. The, the Lawrence Taylor or Tisha or someone else because he's so dominant. We don't see a guy consistently, like even before the year, they get considered for MVP. I mean, they get not just single, double or triple team. And I said, said this team, like regardless of numbers, if they got, if you have to plan around one guy just for a game, regardless of Aaron Donald's numbers or not numbers, you know, they're phenomenal. That just shows you how great a player is. If mentally he's already in your head before the game even starts and you have the game yeah. plan against him, that's, he's something phenomenal. And that's the thing about Aaron Donald is he can impact the game without even really recording a sack or really recording the statistics that are going to jump out and say he had an amazing game. Because like I said, if he's getting double and triple team, somebody else is get is on a single you know one-on-one block. Somebody else is getting a free run. So, and I look, I grew up in New York. Lawrence Taylor is my favorite player of all time. I remember when the Giants drafted him. Um, there's no player, at least, you know, in my mind, that, that he changed the game. And that's what Aaron Donald is doing. You know, offenses had to change because they had never seen a player like Lawrence Taylor. They didn't know what to do with him. This guy that had the combination of size, speed, athleticism, um, the aggressiveness, everything. And, you know, well, Washington created, you know, Joe Gibbs had to figure out we're not going to, 
you know, we're going to, we're going to double and triple team him. We're going to keep it back in the backfield. That's going to help out. And he was just such a dominant player that, that we hadn't seen that from that outside linebacker position at that point. Man, I wish I grew up back in the day with football. Lawrence Taylor, all these guys, there's Teal Curtin, the Giants team, man, and all these teams, man, it's definitely, but top. I may have to throw an offensive lineman in there. I know that's unpopular. Maybe he isn't top five, but uh, Quentin Nelson, I think, doesn't get the respect to a certain extent because he's been sure. on the Colts. The Colts necessarily haven't been a team that goes to the AFC Championship game. They had Philip Rivers, and of course, unfortunately, uh, Andrew Luck retired early in 2019. But that offensive line is important, folks. It doesn't matter if you have a, uh, a Derrick Henry or AP or a Fitzgerald. That offensive line is so important. But one last one, though. I know we already talked about receiver, but I'm going to have to pick D-Hop, though. Like, I know that receivers, oh, there's so many of them, and they're so popular, they get talked yeah. about a lot. But, I mean, just alone, that catch last year, some people could say, oh, that was Kyler Murray or that was D-Hop. This guy's done it his whole career. We saw him practice a highlight reel back in 2013, 2014. I mean, you talk about quarterbacks. Like, was it Brock Osweiler? He I is, like, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, for me, and I've said this going back to 2013, 2014, I can't remember him ever dropping a pass. Like, like there's been some passes that he hasn't he hasn't caught because you know it was just you know too high or just out of his reach. Maybe he got a hand on it, but just a straight up drop, it just doesn't happen. You know, and it, it just feels like he. You know, there are games you're watching where you know every other pass is to DeAndre. He's open. He's making great catches at the sideline. He's not. Look, he's not the guy that is has the four three speed that is going to go over the top and hit you for the eighty yard touchdown every time. The guy's just so good, and he reminds me of like Chris Carter, you know, who who had such great hands and would just catch everything. If it was in, if it was in his catch radius, he was going to catch it. And uh, you know, that's that's what I see with with DeAndre, and he's such a, you know, with that Arizona team, you know, that's another, you know. Can with between him, you don't know what's happening with Fitzgerald. Is AJ Green going to kind of return to to form? You've got a, you know, they drafted Rondell Moore from Purdue. They've got a lot of weapons with Kyler Murray. You know, can they put it together? I know they're in a tough division, but you know, they they've got to. I think they got to make the playoffs this year and kind of take that next step. They definitely have to. I mean, they're disappointed. I feel like last season, you can say it's 100% disappointment. I mean, you started off 6-2, and two, I believe, the number one scoring offense. But, man, like, D-Hop, this is where I know we talk about receivers all the time. We talk about other guys that come up, Chris Carter, Press, and so many others. But DeAndre, though, is a guy that, like, you were never going to see. Like, let's appreciate the folks. Brock Osweiler. So many other guys. Again, Brock Osweiler came on the Broncos twice. He has the hand. He's a guy I would give maybe know, maybe a first-round pick, another first-round pick. You're never going to see a guy like that again. I can't maybe see being top five, top three receiver in the league, but people don't – I know people talk about all these other guys, but I definitely think being others, folks that are – hopefully we get some more people in here because the stream's not being a little weird – is – to have that respect for DeAndre Hopkins, but this somehow, Dean, I can't, I, I don't know what took so long for me to find this out. Charlie Strong, 
um, who spent some time with my Texas Longhorns, uh, that was definitely some traumatizing times, is now with the Jacksonville Jaguars as a assistant head coach and inside linebacker coach. I don't know what to think about that, Dean, because Charlie Strong is a guy that I I don't know if it's the wrong system, but this guy can't coach. He's caused me so much emotional pain, but uh, I don't know what well, I Yeah, I think you're, you know, that's obviously UT, that there's there's a long tradition there and you've got to win, right? And, and you know, I don't, it didn't, it didn't work out for him, you know, but he's, Charlie Strong has been, has been successful at other places. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, coached at Louisville. He, he coached at South Florida. Um, I think he was a, was a defensive analyst uh, for Alabama in 2020. So um, we'll see, you know, I know Urban Meyer's putting together, put together that staff. There's a lot of college um, coaches on there and uh, you know, let's, let's, let's see what happens this year. I don't know what type of assistant out there would think it could be. He can't even coach in Madden and 2K. I, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it, it's guys like, I'll, I'll give you a chance, but just even seeing a video of him like throwing the football. I mean, this guy, had, like he, maybe he could coach on SNL. I just, I don't know what took me Dean so long to find this out. I don't remember there being a story. I guess it's one of those like Tom Herman where it wasn't like a big story that's being covered. But Charlie Strong being with the Jaguars, I, I congrats Jaguars. Y'all y'all can sign him for the next ten to fifteen years. We don't want him in Denver. We don't want him at Texas. But uh, that's definitely some traumatizing to see. I take college football and football very seriously here. When my teams don't win, yeah, it's frustrating. But nobody is more loud. Nobody is more expressive. Had some noise complaints here, but Charlie Strong, folks, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't know what took me so long here. But more NFL uh, talking or our, one of our to- uh, last topics here, Dan, of course, thank you. Much appreciate to coming on. And, folks, I apologize because it's supposed to be on the Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, the network Facebook page. But, unfortunately, did not come into fruition. But it's always good to have Dean on here. The NFL approved alternative uniforms. Yeah, I know you've been, you were entering in the NFL back in the late 90s or 2000s and saw a lot of these. But uh, what are your more certain sort of thoughts on some of these alternative uniforms? And do you, which ones do you think, like, man, I really wish the NFL would have maybe not allowed some of these? Um, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not one of those, like, oh, such a purist where you can't have an alternative uniform. I think if it's a, if it's a cool concept, um, you know, I, I, I never was a fan of, of like Oregon and they would, you know, basically a new uniform every week. I was like, I can't keep up. Like I, I like, you know, the, if it's a, if it's a cool uniform and, you know, if the, if the charges want to bring back the powder blues and, and that's cool. Right. And you can do as long as it's, you know, in conjunction with some, if they're celebrating something, if they're honoring someone, a team, a, a championship team, I think it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I see, again, maybe my taste is a little bit different. I see some of these uniforms. I'm like, man, how did that, how did that get, who approved that? Um, but yeah, it is what it is. 
you know, I think if it, if it looks cool, that's fine. Um, I, I, uniforms are not really a big deal for me. Some of them I think are great, but man, the Denver Broncos, I think have the most ugliest alternative uniforms. It, like it's a big bowl of baby diarrhea. It's just, it's so yeah. ugly. It shouldn't be allowed by the national guard or the NFL, but some of them here, but this one, I don't know. Like, what do you think about the Eagles alternative one? Is that one you're kind of like, it's nice, but it's kind of, I don't know. Well, that goes back to more – that goes back to, like, the 80s when I first started watching football, and I remember Randall Cunningham and that that uniform. So that's cool. I think, you know, whenever you can – as long as you're not going to be, like, creating something out of just thin air and, and has real no tie to the history of the team or um, – throwbacks are cool. I remember my first year at the NFL was 1994. That was the 75th anniversary year. And it was all throwbacks, and the officials even wore, like – um, the uniform from the 1920s. So it was just kind of cool and, uh, you know, to, to kind of revisit and celebrate that history. Definitely a lot of great history, but look at some of these like this. I no that, that, that should be outlawed. That, that, that one right there is really. A lot of people really- like that. A lot of people like the old school Tampa with the, the winking pirate. And that's, that's, again, that goes back to, um, you know, seventies and eighties and, I totally understand, like, some people, like, some alternative reforms are great, like you were saying, but, man, that Bucks one, I I can't get it out of my head. It's one of those more traumatizing things, but, again, Dina, Dean Bodina from Fox, uh, Fox Sports does his, the college football show every single year. Sorry, his company, Under the Hood, Dean. Much appreciated. Sorry, the show's a little bit off here with the internet, but uh, much appreciated for coming on and, uh, Definitely. Uh, hopefully, college game day will see me. So, it'll be UT uh, week one, and I will be yelling, hey, Steve. So, hopefully, he get <laughs> his attention. But, Dean, thank you so much for coming on, and I'll definitely have to do it again. Thanks for having me, John. Yeah, folks, Steve Medina from Fox Sports uh, the, for um, company Under the Hood, and they are working on a project. But, thank you so much for coming on, folks, as we uh, enter this last part of the program here folks we talk about our top head coaches i don't understand this list when you really look at it here bill belichick sean payton mike tomlin pete carroll john harbaugh andy reed coaching all this sound great let's kind of break it down but we will folks here again in just a moment we're gonna take a quick commercial break
Okay, folks, we apologize here for the internet. Tonight is, is being weird. It's not streaming to my personal Facebook page. It's not streaming to the God Over Mighty Sports Network Facebook page. So, again, folks, I do apologize for that. But this head coach, top 10 list, I believe should be a warrant for an arrest. I mean, I, I, I get it. Let's kind of recategorize, really talk about some of these. The ones I really want to talk about here on the fringe is Kevin Stefanski. Brian Flores, Mike Variable, Sean McVay, and Bruce Arians. I get folks, we can disagree on certain lists. That is okay. But this one here, you're on the fringe about Bruce Arians being a top 10 head coach. The Bucks just won a Super Bowl. What are you on the fringe about? I understand you say, oh, he had Tom Brady. He had that stacked roster. He had all these different things. Yada, yada, yada. I totally understand. But top 10, he should be top five. Because here is the, excuse me, ridiculous notion of a fake coach just having these, these rosters with these great receivers or quarterbacks. If, if this was the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, when this list came out, Andy Reid would be the top head coach on that list. W's, oh, Tom Brady's been no, but it's, it's the same logic though, in terms of criticism or anything else. Where you had all the top players, you had such a depth roster on offense. You should not be on the fringe at all. Bruce Arians is not a top 10 head coach, he's a top five, top three head coach. Yes, he won the Super Bowl. More importantly, the than that, or to a certain extent, folks. What is really hard for an organization, especially after winning a Super Bowl, a lot of guys want to go into free agency. A lot of guys want to be traded because, oh, we won a Super Bowl. Some guys may think that they're better than they actually are. But being able to retain all of your players of that same team that won a Super Bowl, that, all that, that alone should put them a top three head coach. Right now in the NFL, won a Super Bowl, retaining all your players from that Super Bowl winning roster. That's really hard to do. Going back to the 2015 Denver Broncos, that defense was stacked. That team was stacked. We know why they won the Super Bowl. You had Vaughn Miller. You had all of these different, I believe, Demarcus, where all of these dogs, Malik Jackson, so many, I believe, Akeem Hicks. That team was stacked. What happened that offseason? A lot, a lot of guys got traded and free agency. A lot of the things happened because a lot of times when you win a Super Bowl, a lot of times it's teams not or winning the Super Bowl maybe at not always at the best time in terms of reoccurring and bringing back those players because you have the cap situation. A lot of times, this is the biggest thing. This is why Bruce Aaron should be a top three head coach on this list. And I think a lot of people could say that Bruce Aaron is a top t- top three head coach in the league. So the cap situation at the wrong time, the cap situation is usually pretty low after a team wins a Super Bowl, and a lot of or a lot of times, also the team to get to a Super Bowl, they spend a ton of money. Look at the Los Angeles Rams, folks, in the twenty eighteen offseason. They went. They got Dominican Sue. You already had Aaron Donald, uh, Keeb to leave, Michael Brocker, all of 
these dogs. You got Chris Anderson. You have Cooper Cup. You're trading for Brandon Cooks' team was stacked. But at the end of the year, they couldn't win this. They didn't win the Super Bowl. And of course, that, that cap situation was less than a million dollars. Going to the 2019 offseason, unfortunately, losing against the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 53. The team is kind of disparate a little bit. The cap situation is in cap deprivation for the next couple of years. So this is all really just my point to prove that this list really is absolutely insane. You're on the fringe of Bruce Arians being your top 10 or top three head coach. This is absolutely insane. Put more respect to more love. If you look at Mike Zimmer, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, John Harbaugh. A lot of great head coaches here, but let's kind of talk about one more on this list here, folks. But again, folks, that would do 2020. See on founder of the God Over Money Sports Network. The two-year career show is tonight, and it is live, folks. Again, thank you so much for the support. But looking back at this head, top head coach list, Mike Zimmer. And I know this, folks, may cause some rise. Meg Zimmer is not top 10. Let's calm down. Let's let our emotions get out of the way. Here's why I say that he's is not top 10. But in terms of this list also, if you're on the fringe of Kevin Stefanski, the Browns won the playoff game. If you're on the fringe of our Brian Flores, they nearly made the playoffs last year with a quarterback carousel drama. Mike Vayerberg. The Tennessee Titans have been to the playoffs multiple times, have won playoff games, have been in the playoffs. So if you're on the you're on the fringe about Stefanski who won a playoff game, you're on the fringe about Brian Flores, you're on you're on the fringe about Sean McVay, who two years ago in 2019 was in a Super Bowl. How are you on the fringe? But I know people say, oh, I've criticized guys in the past. Oh, they've been a byproduct of their weapons. But so, so my face is a great head coach. I'm not saying he's the best in the league, but he should be in the top 10. The reason why I'm so first starting with this list, it just doesn't make any sense. Kevin Stefanski, Brian Flores, Mike Variable, Sean McVay. All these guys should be on this list, top 10, shouldn't be on the fringe. Pro Football Talk does great work, but man, I just I disagree with this list. If you're you're on the fence about Sean McVay, who two years ago went to a Super Bowl, but on the same list you have Ron Rivera being a top eight head coach. I great Washington had a great year last year in ter- not in terms of record. They won a division, the NFC least. You had a great year. I get that Chase Young's rookie year in the NFL. Drafted, I believe, second overall in the 2020 NFL draft for out of for Washington, the Washington football team. Who who won Rivera? You could say, oh, because Kevin injuries and quarterback injuries, you can make a conversation. You can make a point. Ron Rivera being a top eight head coach on this list. That just not just boils my blood, boils my mind. It doesn't make any sense at all. What 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 has Ron Rivera done in the past three to four plus years? 
the show right now in the 2021 offseason. But he is a top eight head coach. I, I, I'll wait. Well, I'll just relax. I'll just sit here. Enjoy the last part of my monster. Exactly. He is not a top eight head coach. He's not a top ten. He has the potential to do that. The way Washington is going as a franchise, they are a team for the future that contend will contend. But right now, Ron Rivera is not should not be on this top eight top ten. If you want to be on the fringe about head coaches, at least be on the fringe about a head coach who necessarily hasn't done any winning in the past four to five years, or at least the past two or three years. I'll give you more credit with that. But if you're going to be on the fringe about all these quarterbacks who have been her premier playoff teams, I don't understand. What are you on the fringe about with Brian Flores? Look what that defense did last year. Do we expect them to have a, a winning record? What do you expect them to be, have beat 10 and 6? When you have a carousel of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tonova, who am I a lot of opinion like some others, that like he's not a great quarterback? But with him, you made it work. With Ryan Fitzpatrick, you made it work. When you have that quarterback carousel, a quarterback's rookie year, or a head coach's second year with a franchise, that's usually a recipe for a team to not do very good. Like a 4 and 12, 5 and 11. But no, the Miami Dolphins went 10 and 6. So if you're on the fringe about playoff winning, Super Bowl appearing head coaches. But yet you're not on the fringe about Mike Zimmer, who is constantly in the playoffs, not gotten it done. You can say, oh, I've been too harsh. Well, you also agreed to with the organization to pay Kirk Cousins in the 2018 offseason fully guaranteed money. Fully guaranteed contract. Even though that that a couple months before nearly went to the Super Bowl with Case Keenum. I'm not saying Case Keenum was the reason, but the point is if you had Case Keenum, you could at least uh, even if it didn't work out finance or didn't work out at all financially, it would have been okay. You could move on. You could retain your players from that team when you went to the NFC Championship game. Something we just talked about just a little bit ago. Something that is very hard to do to keep your players. It is super hard, but you're going to tell me that you're on the fringe about Sean McVay, who went to the Super Bowl. Mike Favre, who's been to the playoffs. Also, and also be Bill Belichick in the playoffs. Kevin Stavansky got this Brown team to be a team on a playoff game. You're on the fringe about them. But yeah, you put on this top ten list, Ron Rivera. I, I don't, folks. I don't understand this list from Pro Football Talk. What has Ron Rivera done? Kyle Shanahan. I could understand maybe in turn in terms of like how his offense is run is definitely very exciting. He appeared in the Super Bowl just a, a couple of seasons ago. Andy Reid, yes, appeared in two straight Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl, man, a phenomenal head coach. Pete Carroll, though. That, that's another thing, folks. I can't you can say that really gripes this list. On this list for pro football talk. You have Pete Carroll top four. 
I'm not here to play the blame game. I'm not here to be, oh my gosh, or I'm being too critical or anything else. But Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll being a top four head coach, according to this list. Pro football talk. What type of research? What type of analytics are you doing? For, for Pete Carroll to be a top four head coach on this list. Your football card needs to be revoked. We can disagree or agree on any football, basketball, or sports topic. But Seattle, time and time again, the past couple of years, has not gotten it done in the playoffs. You can say it's either Bob Steyer, the GM, uh, Pete Carroll, or the organization. We can play the blame game, but we're not here to do that. The only issue I ha really have like that really should be looked at is Pete Carroll been a tough for head coach. I, I love Russell Wilson. I even know Pete Carroll in college, I wasn't the biggest fan because, of course, UT, USC, there was a huge rival back in the day. What I don't understand is what is Pete Carroll qualified for for football talk on this list? Look at it here. Being a top four head coach. Seattle, the way their offenses run is not meant to be a team to win multiple playoff games. There's the reason why they won that Super Bowl. Yes, Russell Wilson didn't turn the ball over. That defense, Legion of Boom, they destroyed my Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. I'm just so traumatized to this day. But look at it right now. In 2021, out of all the head coaches on this list, but Belichick, Sean Payton, this is Mike Tomlin. You're going to tell me, on this list, pro football talk, you have Mike Tomlin, number three, which we could, I, could, I disagree, but it's not a bad, that's not a bad one. And then you have Pete Carroll. So you're telling me Pete Carroll is in the same conversation as Mike Tomlin. And I know Pete Carroll won a Super Bowl more recently, even though that was really years and years ago. They appeared in two back-to-back. -back. Super Bowls, Legion of Boom. Okay, that was great. But we're talking about right now, 2021. Pro football talk. Give me one definition, one example, or folks that are they're watching, getting folks. I apologize. The stream has been very odd tonight. It's not streaming to my personal Facebook page, and it's not streaming to the network page. So I apologize if people aren't able to view it. But the link for the YouTube show will be shown on there or shared out there, so people can view this content. Things don't always go your way, but keep going and don't let it get you down here. But back to this list, though, Pete Carroll, though. I'm not saying he's overrated, or I'm not saying he's underrated. Just in terms of this list, if this list didn't exist, we wouldn't have to talk about this. All I have to say before it moved forward, if you really want to be on the fringe by any of these guys that are on the top ten list, I could say Ron Rivera and Mike Zimmer and Pete Carroll. We go at rants all day. I'm not here to do a 30, 40 minute rant like maybe somebody from a sword sports network, Isaiah Leong from the MI6 Sports Network.
Pete Carroll should not be top four. You could say maybe top ten, and maybe on the fringe, and a bit. Okay, I 100% agree with that. We can have different opinions on football. Like some people disagree with the Jerry Rice take or anything else. I totally understand. But this list is absolutely insane. It's delusional. It's crazy. It's frustrating. Pete Carroll being a top four head coach has to be insane. Now, if you want to put Pete Carroll on top four, by that logic, in my opinion, let's just put Mike Zimmer top five. Let's let's just let's just destroy this whole list. Let's put Mike Zimmer top five again, folks. This is a two-year career, especially here on the God over the God over. Buddy Sports Network, I apologize. It's been a while since I've done the show here, but it feels so good to be back and getting back in the rhythm. We do have a big special announcement coming in the next couple of weeks, in the next month. And people that know the announcement do know the announcement, but it's going to be big. I promise you, this fall on the network is going to be great. It has been crazy. It has been difficult running a network, and I'll just be I'll be honest. But brutally honest before we continue on. I want to be transparent with y'all or anybody that's somehow going to join the network in the future. I want to be transparent and I want to be honest. It has not been easy running a network by myself. So I'm not looking at, oh, look at me. What I tell this folks is that for anybody that wants to be in this industry, we talk about hard work, really hard work. Hundreds and hundreds of late nights. But I want to thank you so much for the first month of the support of the God Over Money Sports Network that we do 2020. We do have a lot of good news coming out very soon. But fall 2021 on the network is going to be great. But again, Pro Football Talk had their top 10 head coach list. Guys are on the fringe about. And ones that y'all know I completely disagree with. I understand what maybe some of these guys on this list, Matt LaFour, I understand that two straight NFC championship games, Kevin Stefanski on the fringe. Definitely a one. I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's have a conversation. Let's write an essay or give me a true reason. We can agree or disagree, but that is okay. That's the beauty part about sports here. Folks, coming out of the NFL, this happened about a week or two ago, but I wasn't feeling good. So some of these topics that we're, that we're talking about tonight, they were already talked about in the sports media, but I wanted to talk about them. Each individual topic that is put on the show, that is talked about on the show, is a topic that I am passionate about, that I'm excited about, that I want to talk about. Some of these were talked about a couple weeks ago. I apologize, but again, I was not feeling very well at all. I was laying on the couch, wasn't feeling good, felt like I was going to throw up. So that's why we didn't necessarily have the content, and the show was delayed a week. But I apologize, folks, but thank you all so much for your patience. But coming out of the NFL, Demarius Thomas, man, what a, what a, what a career. Now, I understand when I say, oh, we had Peyton Manning, they had that great roster, but Regardless of numbers, even though the numbers were there, even though we go back to 2014 with Demarius Thomas and Dash Bryant were the top receivers in the NFL. Wow, the NFL has changed. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's a Denver Broncos ring of honor, maybe a Denver Broncos Hall of Famer. Two things, which are great. 
Because when the pro football happens every year to induct guys in, guys that you want to have be Hall of Fame worthy, whether it's first ballot, whether it's second ballot or third ballot, we don't want to just throw that around. Especially, oh, here's a Hall of Fame ticket. Here's a Hall of Fame ticket. He's a Hall of Famer. This guy's a Hall of Famer. That is, for me, that's not to disrespect the career of Demarius Thomas, which has been phenomenal, which has been great. I think he's a different Broncos Hall of Famer, different Broncos Ring Hall of Famer, Ring of Honor. I believe that's what they, that's what it's called. 9,763 yards, 63 touchdowns, Super Bowl 50 champ, two-time second-team All-Pro, 22nd overall pick in the 2010 NFL Draft. High pick, high, high pick by the Denver Broncos. Won a playoff game against the Steelers with quarterback Tim Tebow, who is now a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, despite some years for Demers Thomas. Not starting a lot has some time with the Patriots, has some time with the Jets, still averaged 976 receiving yards per season. Might more so that's a little tyrant, man. Is man a, what what a great career. You on and off the field when we talk about receivers nowadays, a lot of them that are star, they're great, they're elite, they have trouble on or off the field. But Demaris Thomas was one of those guys you don't have any trouble with. At least that got to the media. You don't see him getting in trouble. No, not a PR nightmare. A PR joy. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased on Demaris Thomas and his career. Being a Broncos fan. I will be a Broncos fan for life. I don't give up on my teams. Unlike somebody from a certain sports story. Just because the going gets tough. But Demarius Thomas has had a phenomenal career. Super Bowl 50 champ. And I, I wish him the best. I think he's had a phenomenal career. He is not a Hall of Famer, though. And that's, I don't know how certain people would would disagree with that notion. But again, folks, Demarius Thomas retires from the NFL nearly after 10 seasons. 9,000. 763 yards, 63 touchdowns, Super Bowl 50 champ, five-time Pro Bowl, second, two-time second-team All-Pro in 2013, 2014, average 976 yards receiving per year, multiple touchdowns per season. Such a phenomenal career. But, man, Demarius Thomas, I wish y'all the best in every way, shape, or form here. But, again, folks, it's a two-year, that one dude, 2022-year career special. Man, oh, man, it has been, let's just say it's been a journey. But the founder, CEO of the God Over Money Sports Network, man, it has been a journey. But more NFL talk coming up here in just a moment. We'll take a real quick commercial break.
He knows his stuff. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to go at people. And no player should have that much control over an organization. Well, last time I checked, this is not the Los Angeles LeBron. Please. How did you get blocked by LeBron James on Twitter? Talking about, you know, wanting to inspire and, and like, I'm inspired right now. I want to run through a brick wall for you right now. I Cutthroat. It's very... You know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. God put me in a position. It's always a good time when I get to get on that dude 2020 show. Gonna give up seventy twenty twenty the two year career special CEO and founder got over money sports network. But folks, this next topic though is really a question for AFC North fans, maybe necessarily Baltimore Raven fans. Question for y'all, for anybody that's watching, what do y'all think is the biggest concern for the Ravens in twenty twenty one? Would have to say the offensive line. You saw that in the playoffs. When he decided to get trade, when their, when their star offensive lineman for the Baltimore Ravens wanted to switch positions and decided to move on from the Baltimore Ravens. Folks, I know I say this and it gets annoying, but this is so true. The offensive line is the most important thing for a team, and especially for a quarterback who, where there's there's been a lot of criticism of, oh, he's not a passer here, he, he's – not a bad passer, but he really needs to improve. But with a passer, a guy that needs to improve as a passer, as a starting quarterback in the NFL, what does he need? An offensive line. But with the Baltimore Ravens, though, that is the biggest issue here, folks. But again, I would love to hear your thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns. What is the biggest issue or necessarily the biggest concern for the Baltimore Ravens in 2021. But again, folks here, that one dude, 2022 year career special is on tonight. I want to thank you all so much for the support. But again, folks, let's move on to our final topic of tonight before we get into tonight's final thoughts. Folks, really, the past two years, oh boy, uh, we have a, uh, a variant here in the chat. A Callan McClurg variant, I believe, is coming in here, folks. Okay, it's not from the TVA, so let's calm down. But uh, what's up, my man? Good to see you, man. How's it going? Well, I'll be honest here, folks. Uh, the stream has not gone well because it was supposed to stream to my personal Facebook page. To the network Facebook page, and right as we went live with Dean, uh, it decided to be a Higgins. It decided to not uh, to want to stream. 
So again, folks, that's uh, apologize for anybody that wasn't able to watch the show. The show's been playing for weeks, but um, it just doesn't work out work out that way sometimes. Yeah, I got to roll with the punches, my man. I agree. Totally get that, but um, just finishing off here two years. I, I this is like how we you've said this time and time again. I know people say, "Oh, it sounds so corny," though, but there's a ton of late nights this is not a industry where you can probably work once or twice a week it may take four to five the plus years now obviously i haven't made it yet but the thing is folks numbers don't freaking matter and i know this sounds corny with ms sports they're nearly crossing their 100,000 views across all platforms but for me, I think the biggest thing that Cal the past two years and now into year three is that shooting your shot. And I know people look like, what the heck are you talking about? Shoot, shoot your shot in one Facebook group. I'd say in February of last year, right before, of course, the whole COVID issues happened, I shoot my shot to a Facebook group. And now I know great people at MI6 and Trevor and Cal and everybody else. You, you don't know. And I think at the end of it, for me at least, even if I don't make it, I don't care about like the, the views or the likes. I know that people say that all the time. It sounds disingenuous, but even if I don't make it, it's the same energy. It's hundreds of late nights, hundreds of episodes later. But uh, I know you've been uh, busy, my man, but uh, thank you for coming on. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. I know it's been, you know... Uh... Kind of weird, you know, <laughs> having one platform to stream, my man, believe me. So uh, I, I feel your pain. The yes. Trevor coming on, coming <laughs> in the clutch like Nick Foles does in the NFL here at the last minute. But uh, Trevor, thank you for coming on. Of course, the views tonight, I could, the views don't matter, but it would have been great to have interaction. But, of course, Facebook decides to be Facebook. And now <laughs> most of the platforms I'm not able to stream on tonight. We're just streaming on the network's YouTube page. Yeah, but it's been fantastic watching you, I guess. It's not even been like, you know, part of your journey. You know, you know, I've only been, what, like nine months part of this journey of your two-year career. So it's been fantastic watching you grow as an individual and all your great sports takes to dealing with some of Isaiah's hotter takes in general. But, hey, I'm glad that I had the chance to meet you and do different podcast shows with you, John. No, it's uh, it's it's been great. Pull it. I've never met somebody. It's like I said, but see, even just nine months that that that's a lot, though, folks. We've had a ton of post show calls. I say, folks, nobody's even watching this, so we can just keep going here. <laughs> but but that uh, man, tonight's been an interesting journey. But I mean, nine months though, it's it's. I think even then, that's a lot, because I remember for, for a while there, I didn't know anybody, not just any of y'all. I remember just a ton of late nights at 2 or 3 in the morning. I would wake up, we got one view on our show. We got no views on the podcast, but that's really, like, I guess what it is, and that's why I want to be transparent with it, I say it, with y'all, because I can't say everybody, nobody's watching the show, um, is that running the network was a lot harder than I thought it would be. And maybe I jumped the gun, but I definitely think that it, it's it's been worth it. If I can, we have a huge guest coming on in late August, early September. But I'll keep that 
hush, hush, and oh man, let's not look at the group chat. But um, Callan, I know you've been in this industry for many years now. What like what is something that you, I guess you that you've you've learned over the years while you've been in it for a while? Yeah, you probably see some people unfortunately just not make it. You know, I think the thing I've learned in in, in 12 years is, uh, and I think Isaiah has said this several times, so is be yourself. You know, I always do my best to be myself. You know, I'm very outgoing, a very outgoing individual and things like that. And just, you know, being out there, you know, making connections and stuff like that. And I, I never thought I'd get back into sports podcasting because my, you know, in a regular year, you know, my schedule is normally booked from, you know, late August into May or June. And I've been picking up some summer work. So kind of getting back into working year round, essentially, you know, in, in my off season uh, and, and things like that. But with COVID, of course, you weren't really able to do a full season because of the restrictions in place here in California and in uh, San Diego, especially where I live. And, you know, it was, you know, a, a very, you know, tough process to be a part of, though. But uh, things I certainly tell people a, a lot, though, is I think nowadays more so it's about what you know and who you know. Uh, when you're getting into this industry and certainly like John said about shooting your shot though, I mean, that's kind of how uh, my first opportunity to work in sports came into when I was a soft freshman going into my sophomore year in high school, uh, this uh, junior a hockey team up in, uh, up in Northern San Diego put out a, you know, like a, like a filler out there for, uh, for a uh, uh, aspiring play-by-play announcer. And I jumped on it. You know, I, I've been a, Huge hockey fan for a majority of my life, though I played baseball, but hockey's kind of been that second sport uh, that I played and that I watched on a consistent basis and still do, obviously. And, you know, I, I was like, you know, why not? You know, if they say no, they say no. So I kind of, you know, took that gamble and, you know, got a chance to do some announcing on the like TV and radio side for online streaming for a couple years. Didn't work out. But they're like, you know, hey, you know, we'll, we'll keep you around, though. So I end up, you know, having to somewhat pay those dues, though, of, you know, working in game operations and kind of being a part of, you know, selling merchandise and selling popcorn and soda, you know, uh, at the concession stand or selling, you know, merchandise or being, a, you know, like a like a usher, you know, kind of, you know, uh, you know, keeping people in check and, and stuff like that. Then I think the last year I was there or last two years I was there. They're like, hey, we don't have a PA announcer anymore. Why don't you give that a try? So I ended up doing that, and I've uh, that's mainly what I've done in my time uh, in, in hockey, at least has been public address, where I'm heard in the entire arena by all the fans, not over you know your TV or your radio or over your phone or your computer. And you know, been fortunate though to be able to work with uh, you know so many great organizations here locally. You know, in San Diego, I've been able to work a little bit out of San Diego. I got a chance to work in the NBA G League for a, for a game. I've worked with USA Rugby. I've worked with, uh, you know, with uh, with uh, with soccer teams uh, that are somewhat on the on the soccer pyramid of going towards Major League Soccer. Uh, I've worked in pro lacrosse as a writer, freelance style. So certainly, you know, uh, things I always say a lot, though, uh, that John and Trevor know about, though, is, you know, don't limit yourself to one thing and, and try to be a jack of all trades, especially I think nowadays with how. You know, we can broadcast, you know, a podcast live on YouTube or on Facebook, or you can go live on Twitch and and stuff like that. With, with there being so many avenues now that you can, you know, literally, you know, go live, you know, from a bar somewhere and recap a game or, you know, have some playful banter maybe with uh, some guys at the bar and go live on the web and do it, you know, and things like that. But certainly that there's, that there's avenues, there's things to do. 
And, and and the beauty of sports, though, and, and that's the thing we talk about, though, as well, though, guys, that it brings people together, you know, strangers, it brings neighborhoods together, it brings families closer together, it brings, you know, total strangers together. And, and that's certainly, you know, uh, what we've built on uh, over on M- on the MI6 Sports Network is, you know, random people You're like I didn't know Trevor, you know, before March of 2020. And, and, and obviously, John, you know, uh, uh, you know, you and I, of course, have uh, grown very close again, because I know that you always are. You know, you're always asking questions. You're always, you know, saying, you know, hey, this person said yes, this person said no. And you're always, you know, and that's the thing I love, love about it, about you so much, though. And that's what I, you know, I have said this several times on our on MI6 programming, though, John. And and, and I see a lot of me in you because of the the reason I say that, though, is because, like, for, I never changed my mind. You know, for one thing, I, I've always wanted to be in, in, in sports media. And I know that you were obviously doing something else and you went into the into the field, but that, you know, that there is passion for the industry. There's passion for sports and at least for, you know, for one particularly, but there's still a passion for it. There is the willingness to get better every day. There is the willingness to, you know, say yes, say no. And there's a willingness to be out there and get your name out there. And much like when I started doing a podcast for women's basketball, John, no one's going to watch. Why am I doing this? You start, you know, self-doubting. And I did that for five years. It was the greatest thing I ever did in my entire career in podcasting. I got to interview two players that, that play or play in the league. I got to go to an all-star game and hang out with a bunch of people that I met via Twitter that are big women's basketball fans. And I've met countless players and countless media members who cover the game. And I still work in the game at the D1 and D2 level. So, I mean, you know, comparing and contrasting and contrasting there. But certainly, you know, 12 years for me, and, you know, the thing that I always tell people, this was a conversation, as a matter of fact, as we're at the baseball all-star break right now, when they, when we had the game here in San Diego, Dick Enberg, who you guys probably know very well, was, you know, basically a jack of all trades, calling baseball, he called basketball, he called football, you know, he called, uh, you know, some Olympic games and, uh, and stuff like that. And, and I once, and I asked him when I met him in 2016, uh, you know, what's the one piece of advice you give to anyone who's aspiring to be in the sports media industry or, or as a broadcaster and I have a ball signed by him and after he signed it he looked me dead in the eye and basically like you know like that father that father figure kind of pointed like said son the word no should never be in your in your vocabulary if you were if you want to make it in this industry if you want to make it in this industry you say yes to every single chance you're given big city small city big pay little pay no pay whatever assignment you're given you say yes and you go and you do it. And I have kind of, in a way, lived by that mo- that mantra for the past five years. And certainly, I hope to do that for the next five, next 10, 15, 20 years, hopefully, of, you know, not saying no and taking whatever is sent my way. And that's kind of been what it's been for me just personally. Uh, you know, I did two two days of, of a high school baseball showcase, and I did three Little League championship games here in, uh, here in San Diego. So, it's about what you know, who you know, and never saying no to, to whatever you're given. And that, that's what I'll leave it at. Well, Trevor, we'll let, uh, let you go in a mix. I know you got work, but um, kind of, I understand like you're in a different field, but you've been with MI6 really since the beginning, literally. I mean, after all the post show calls and everything, like kind of, what is, it sounds funny, but what is, I guess, this group and the podcast stuff really kind of shown how it can, uh, bring people together yeah so for the group i think you you all know where i'm gonna go with this it's, it's like the avengers 
it's like a group of people got together and that's how we basically ended up forming it. It's like, you know, Steven, great guy, fantastic for all the stuff that he's doing right now for MI6 and, you know, wish him the best for grad school because he's, you know, going towards that. But it's just like for him, it's like the people that he met, he randomly basically networked with them. He got it out of Ohio State. I'm like, was like one of the last people he met before he ended up, you know, quote unquote, graduating. And then, you know, quarantine hit us all. And so we were all stuck. So it was like saying, hey, let's make a podcast and just talk about sports because that's what we did. And then just started snowballing to other things. Then we like, you know, talked to like Callan. Then we got him on to like no BS, had him moderate a couple shows and start building that family bond. Then we brought you on board. And it was just like we just kept growing and just had banter, laughter to, you know, weird extravaganzas like on New Year's where we did six hours of programming. Like, think about even in your first year joining random people you never met do a six hour stream with them and you only met them what like four months ago that's really unheard of to be honest you could you would see something like that maybe at like you know the one year mark or something like that but no you did this at the four month mark and you don't look back since and you just kept growing as an individual and it was just fantastic to watch you know grow change have new takes that i never even thought of and you put it out there i'm like saying yeah you got a valid point like your jerry rice take you know it was far out there. When I first yeah. heard it, I was like, yo, yo, you can't do that. But then you put like a valid explanation out there on why, you know, you think he was overrated. And I'm like, I respect that rep- opinion because you backed it up because you had Hall of Famer quarterbacks and all that stuff. If you moved him to a different system, you know, would he still get those same numbers? And, you, you know, clearly put a good if statement out there. And we even had talks in the past, like what if the Cleveland Browns got all those draft picks and didn't mm-hmm. go to Baltimore? Like, how many Super Bowls could the Cleveland Browns actually could have won? You know, the, the ideas and the passion that you have for this love, even for podcasting in general, like, don't stop. Just keep going. I understand, you know, it can be tough at times and you don't get the likes or you don't get the viewers. I understand it's not all about that, but I know you have, like, goals and milestones. It's like, oh, let me get this post out today so my fans have some some good, some good quality content. Maybe if it's just a, a handful of people that you can count tuning in every week, that is a start because they will start sharing. Then their friends will start sharing and it will eventually start to build up upon itself. Yes, it takes time and all that stuff. But look at some of your favorite YouTubers that you see. They have been doing it for 10 plus years. And then some of them have finally start reaching the 1 million subscriber mark. It takes time in this industry and any type of media platform. But it's just like, you got to work with people. You get like Callan says, who knows you and the opportunities that you can get, like even partnering with people who are on the smaller scale of like the podcasting world. Like as soon as you're on a show, your name's being talked about. Now it's like going to be on other words of mouth and just keeps going. It's like the weirdest cycle that you can ever do, but it's like, you got to keep putting your best foot forward and like always giving yourself 110%. I know there's days that you probably don't want to get out of bed saying this is just hard and I'm just going to pack it in. I guarantee you there are probably, I would say like nine times out of 10, there is those 9% of people, you know, I should say 90% of people just close up shop. They just close their laptop, forget about podcasting and move on. But you're probably that, like that 10% who would just keep going, pressing that extra mile, you know, using your resources, using your friends to say, Hey, can you share this post? Can you like this? Can you tune in? Can you comment? 
you uh, you already understand the algorithm, how it works, and you've just been running it from its sense. And I'm glad I'm able to help you through this journey. I you know no matter what you do, I'm going to try to support you the best I possibly can. You know, that's all I really got to say, man. You know, congrats on year two. And I wish, you know, many more to come with it. You know, maybe we'll get to a 10 year milestone and we party in Vegas somehow. <laughs> yes, I approve. <laughs> Oh my god! In my six, and in my six sports party. Oh man, that would be a journey. But man, oh. going on somebody's show. Oh boy, that would be a journey. But yeah, sure. We talked college football for three for one one hour straight, <laughs> no problem. And that was just the one topic. I don't know how. Like I talk college football, maybe not as much as other people, but for us to talk college football for an hour straight, literally, we got. Bare bone to talking about, oh, what about these teams that don't get televised? Maybe give these other people an opportunity for an internship. Nobody's going to know that they're doing it. And then we at the 20-minute mark before the three hours were done, we started talking cartoons because, man, we ran out of topics. I don't know how you <laughs> we, we died. We ran out of We compared MI6 people to, like, SpongeBob characters. <laughs> Yes, Callan, you're still Larry in my eyes. That was amazing. That was, that was the best moment of that entire show was like, okay, because I'm, I'm sitting backstage producing that program before me, and before me, Isaiah, and Steven came on to, the, to, to do the last three hours of, the, of that New Year's Eve extravaganza. I'm sitting backstage like laughing, thinking, okay, who's going to be who, you know, because you know, like, uh, I think someone compared me to Larry the Lobster, I think. I mean, that like, Trevor, I mean, you know, we had that. I mean, I, it, I, it was absolutely great. Like, if there was if there was a way to fill that remaining time, I'm glad it was with that. Because, I mean, it could have been, you know, a roast sesh about Isaiah for 20 minutes. But we chose to talk about Marvel characters and SpongeBob characters. It was amazing. Yes. There is no better way to do that. But, of course, Trevor's much appreciated. I know you have. Excuse me, work in the morning, but uh, like I said, like look stupid. Like I know that like we always have. Oh, look stupid when he asked that that one girl. But look stupid, shoot your shot. Like even if and I did the math here, like it's five hundred and sixty total. Probably less than total thirteen percent. My count, y'all know, people have said no. Like taking that much time to to do that, and I think what dude, I've had a few, and y'all are Cal knows this is that when some of them agreed to come on, set a date and time. But like I said, how you handle the rejection? Like I said, don't say no. Like when you say don't say no, that that's exactly that because it's more necessarily going back to to humble yourself. You can't have an attitude of oh I'm too good for this. Who cares if that is a team that is not as popular or in a small market cough cough to a certain certain network thing? Like it, it doesn't matter. You're not too good because let's say a tiny opportunity could lead. Even if let's say oh that opportunity led to Fox Sports. Well, what if it doesn't? Are you still gonna do it? I think that's where a lot of times like count though like for me in the program because well nobody's watching is that. Um, what did you notice with certain people? Like you've been in this industry for a while, that some of them either they leave or it doesn't work out. Was there any like particular reason? Or I'm kind of interested to know from like maybe a insider's perspective. 
You know, I mean, it's it's very weird sometimes to like read like when someone like announces they're moving on or they're retiring or resigning because, you know, it could be, you know, health. It could be this or be that, though. But certainly, you know, the, you know, like I, I say a lot, that this this industry is certainly demanding. You know, it, 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 it demands your 100 percent effort each and every day that you wake up and you're going to be on a program or you're hosting a program and, and things like that. And and certainly that's all I really can say about it is that. You know, it's demanding. It asks for every fiber in your body, your last nerve. If you're working a game that's going into, you know, quadruple overtime or you're, you know, working a game that's, you know, taking forever to finish or whatnot, or it's a blowout and your team's losing, but you still have to, you know, do your job to your, you know, your full potential. And, and, and that's what I think sometimes does some people in is that they can't keep up with the demand, you know, whether it's, a you know, the baseball schedule or a basketball schedule you know, or, or any sports schedule with how demanding it is, though, and, and, and things like that. You know, players and coaches are one thing, though, but even those who write on a daily basis and you have deadlines where you have to get, you know, get your game story in before, you know, the paper or before the publication, you know, is sent out. You know, you have deadlines. You have, you know, interviews with radio and television if you're, if you're you know, writing or if you're doing certain things like that. And, you know, there's some people that can, you know, handle it. And there's some people who sadly can't, and they flame out, they get fatigued, they get tired and, and, and they sadly don't end up making it. And it's, and it sucks to see though, when, when in fact we lose a member, uh, you know, a member of the industry because you know, that they have, they want to live out their dreams and it didn't pan out. Uh, but certainly all I really say though, is, Hey, you got to bring it every day. Simple as that. Literally looking stupid. Like I, I'm glad I see that for me. I say I'm glad, like I've made it. I have made it, but I don't want it to be spoon fed to me or calorie Trevor. I don't know if y'all, any Trevor in your industry or, or in school or maybe in Cal's industry where like have you met somebody where it's basically spoon fed to them, and I don't want that either in podcasting or in any job that I get. But looking stupid, hundreds. And hundreds of rejections. You thought my day life was bad. Man, the rejections here for the sports show, for jobs, for internships has been insane. So, folks, we're going to end the show here because, of course, there is a total of zero views for tonight. Facebook didn't want to stream it on my Facebook page or the network Facebook page. But, again, who the video, I really don't care. But huge thanks to Dean Medino for joining the show earlier. So we're going to end it. And, uh yeah, thank you for all the people that were watching. He knows his stuff. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to go at people. And no player should have that much control over an organization. Well, last time I checked, this is not the Los Angeles LeBron. Please. How did you get blocked by LeBron James on Twitter? Talking about, you know, wanting to inspire and, and like, I'm inspired right now. I want to run through a brick wall for you right now. I Cutthroat. It's very... You know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. God put me in a position 